City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. Tim, it feels like for the past year, pretty much since the Miles Bridges offseason news hit, we have had depressing episode after depressing episode. And today is a rare day where we get to record a happy episode. The Hornets went off last night in Summer League. Brandon Miller, 26 points. Nick Smith Jr., 33 points. Kai Jones, 13 points. And we won. Oh, wait, wait a second. No, we no, we still lost. Uh, but that actually that actually doesn't matter. Uh, it was like the most fun I've had watching a summer league game in forever. The Hornets have been trash at summer league the past two off seasons. And it was just a good time, man. We got to see some actual young talent performing. B Mill and NSJ are the future, Tim. Mark, you are not wrong. I actually went through our last like year of archives, and I think the one truly positive episode was about like a random Mark Williams game. So um, <laughs> we are we are riding high right now, dude. What what is this feeling? Is this how other team fans feel all the time? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it is. This is how we felt uh, two years ago recording that that year that we won forty three games. It's it's a great feeling. I texted you around the end of the second quarter and we still lost by the way. So like put this in perspective, like we're excited about a close loss where our team performed well. Um, but I texted you ha- at halftime or like around the end of the second quarter basketball in all caps. I was like, this is what basketball is. <laughs> I had forgotten. I had forgotten what good basketball looked like. Uh, and in, in that stretch, Brandon Miller hit like two threes back to back. And it was like, oh, yes, yes, we have some hope. Man, it was pretty wild. Like, you know, we, we've been trashing on the uh, the Hornets Summer League, rightfully so. Uh, for a Summer League game, a weirdly high level of basketball. I mean, all things considered. No, yeah, I would completely agree. That was one of the best Summer League games I've watched. It was close until the until the very end. Um, like, we made it close. Nick Smith Jr. by himself made it close. Uh that DSJ no longer with us. Uh, he is not re-signed by the Hornets. So, so we'll, we'll take that nickname and we'll make it NSJ uh, for Nick Smith jr. Uh, as I, as I did a few seconds ago, I'm not sure if B mill is going to, going to stick, but, but NSJ, I, I like that one. He was 13 for 20, had 33 points in 28 minutes. He looks legit, dude. He looked, he looked really, really good. His ball handling his dribble moves down the stretch were crazy. He looks like a bucket getter. Uh, he was also four for five from three, which is something that we had kind of made fun of him for in the past, like only taking mid-range pull-ups. I think he's legit. I think he might be the steal of the draft. 27th pick. Let's go, Tim. Fuck it, dude. Let's fire it up, man. He's the steal of the draft. There's no way around it, and there's no way that's going to change. He's the future, man. He's um he's a bigger CJ McCollum. You hear there first. He might even be a bigger dame. Who knows? Ooh, ooh. But, uh, he was extremely crafty. He was, as the young folks say, he was cooking. 
He was cooking last night, man. It was such an entertaining game. And yeah, you mentioned the threes. He had a he had like two deeper threes too, not the Kemba Walker style finger uh, toenails on the line. Um, he was pulling it. Also, extremely clean, satisfying makes with him, yes. man. It's all just nothing but net. Good arc on it. And yeah, man, he was losing guys in that fourth quarter. That last play um, where he cut it to one and then um, the Trailblazers went down and hit a three and then the game was over. But when he cut it to one, that spin move and then the quick, (laughs) quick jumper, floater, whatever you want to call it, uh, that was nice, man. Like that is that is some elite stuff. Uh, like you said, he's cooking. Like I don't know, reminds me of like Jordan Poole when he's hot. Like the what that that little stretch, right? Like not many players can can dribble and create separation from defenders like that. Um, okay, it's it's still just summer league, but I've seen enough. He's shown more in this one game than James Booknight's shown in his entire career. I'm all in on Nick Smith Jr. Um, buying all the stock right here, right now. Should we talk about uh, Brandon Brandon Miller next, or where do you want to go from here? Um, yeah, I want to comment on that that book night thing. Uh, you know, Beijing book. So he will soon be known. I know. Like my my immediate thought was, oh well, you know, he had that game against Sacramento where he had twenty eight his first year, and then I was like, you know what? If you can vividly remember a random game against Sacramento, that means there was nothing else going on. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think he's he's clearly moved ahead of him. And I uh, wouldn't be surprised if, you know, end of the season, like, you know, if Cody Martin, if that knee injury persists, I mean, he might end up getting, you know, 15 minutes a game down the stretch. I'd go even higher. I'd go even higher. He's he looks really, really good. 15 minutes per game. Um, Like like I can already see the first game of the year where he doesn't play at all. And then I'm like calling for him to get minutes like game 15 or whatever. I can already see that happening. Um. You know, he had a rough first year at Arkansas, but as we've previously mentioned, he was a highly touted recruit coming out of high school. And like, you can see why Um, he's shown some, some flashes of like decent passing as well. Um, Only had three assists in this game. So that's not his best attribute. I kind of view him more as a two, right. Than a one. Um, But, but he's a guard. I think he's flexible. He could play either position. Um, And I, I really like, really like the upside with that pick at 27 and and he's been consistently sort of like the second or third best player. Um, and sometimes even the best player, like, like tonight or last night um, on, on this G league or on the summer league team. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, you know, we're joking about CJ McCollum, but like, I mean, if you get Cole Anthony with the 27th pick pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Um, we kind of buried the lead. Because everybody wants to hear about Brandon Miller, but I was just too ex- too excited about NSJ. Um, Brandon Miller also a very good game, right? He hit those two threes at the end of the second half, like I me- or first half, like I mentioned. Um, he was seven for seven from the line. I think he had three and ones. Finished with twenty six points, by far his best game of the summer league this this summer league season. And he kind of answered our calls. I think both of us were very very depressed going into last night, like ready to say taking Brandon Miller was a mistake over Scoot Henderson. I am not there anymore. I'm not there anymore. I'm not saying I won't, I won't rule it out as a possibility in the future, but uh, I'm not at the point where I'm like, okay, it was a mistake, which I was at that point after four games, I was, I was nearing that point of just saying we really screwed up. 
<laughs> yeah, we can uh, pull behind the curtain. We definitely had a phone call yesterday where we were like, oh, you know, I mean, if he turns into a taller Wes Matthews, that could be pretty cool. <laughs> and I was like, wow, clearly just a better passing Paul George. Like he was right. Yeah, man, he went from uh, he went from Miller Lite to Miller High Life, dude. The champagne of second round or second picks. He's that guy. And I don't like that comparison for personal reasons, but uh, yeah. Well, if it means anything to you, Miller High Life is by far my favorite beer of all time. Um, so the highest appraises for me and nothing that he did last night. Like it wasn't anything that was like super unsustainable. Like it wasn't like he went, you know, eight of eight from three or anything. It's like he just started making the good looks that he was already getting and showed some serious burst, mm-hmm. man, which had been sorely missing. And his off the dribble game, that was kind of the biggest concern. Was never really worried about the jumpers being off, whatever. But just when he was getting locked up by random dudes, that was a little concerning. But yeah, man, he showed some real shake off the dribble last night. That beautiful crossover that led to the and one where he initiated the contact, which is, you know, just a big like veteran move. And um, that floater in the, I think it was maybe early second quarter, where even Doris Burke was like, I swear that was going to go off the glass. Yeah. And he just threw the ball like 15 feet in the air. I Like Antoine Jameson is the only guy I can remember like making a floater like that. Yeah, that was a crazy shot. There were also the two dunks, right? There's the one ferocious one that was off the dribble. And then uh, the alley-oop from my boy NSJ. Um, and also the attempted dunk. What was it in the third quarter? that was like ferocious while they were interviewing the Alabama head coach. uh, Side side note, can they stop like giving us the small screen of, of the game while we enter, they interview somebody like, I just want to see the game. Like I'm tuning in for summer league action. Don't give me, don't give me some ad or something instead of the summer league game. I want to see everything. I feel like I didn't get a good enough look at that, at that specific play. But he, he went up for a dunk that was, like, impossible. Um, almost almost had it. Would have been, like, similar to that Anthony Edwards highlight on, uh, who was Kevin it? Kevin Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he showed some athleticism, man. And, and like you said, he just kind of hit the shots that he had been missing previously. And I think we have to mention, like, he's having to do a lot of work to get shots right now. That's not going to be the case his rookie season. LaMelo Ball is going to set him up so many times for wide open threes. And I think I trust him more than like almost anybody on our team other than Terry uh, or LaMelo to be like a good catch and shoot player. Yeah, man. And, you know, if he's attacking, you know, after um, the defense is broken down a little bit, man, his, um, his interior passing is so impressive. Like, he hasn't really shown a lot of the James Harden, LeBron style, like, okay, he can just, like, kick it to the guy in the corner, no problem. But interior passing, which is kind of like a lost art in the NBA, killer, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he showed flashes of of passing in, in previous games um, as well. There was the game where he was getting double teamed, you know, every single possession, where he had seven assists, only took four shots that game. But he at least showed... um Showed his passing ability throughout throughout the summer league. Um, I think I think people are like pretty low on Brandon Miller at the moment, and nationally, everyone's saying the Hornets made a mistake. I'll let that I'll let that sit. Uh, we'll we'll wait to see if Scoot Henderson ever plays basketball again. Um, then maybe he'll be better than Brandon Miller. 
Yeah. You know what uh you know what real leaders do? They show up <laughs> here, here from the sidelines. All yeah. right, you know, um there's a big Ridley Scott movie coming out at the end of the year starring Joaquin Phoenix about a guy named Napoleon. He was famous, had a lot of potential. You know what he did? He lost and he died. He was also a short guy that was supposed to take over the league. I'm seeing a lot of parallels there. Brandon Miller going to get the job done. I, I you lost you lost me with that one. But Tim, I have a stat for you, all right? Career games missed in the NBA. Brandon Miller, zero. Scoot Henderson, three, two, four, something like that. Scoot Henderson, a lot more than Brandon Miller. Is he durable? We don't know. We don't know the answers to these questions. Uh, this seems like a real Michael Jordan, Sam Bowie situation, dude. We got an <laughs> Iron Man on our hands. Real AC Green, a Cal Ripken. Tim and I are, are definitely joking, but uh, yeah, I, it's kind of just to say that like, the Scoot hype has annoyed the shit out of me this past week. He played like 15, what do you play? Like 20 something minutes. He got 15 points, like big deal. You know what I mean? Uh, you, know, you know what he did? He, what did he, pulled do? Up, uh, he pulled up a rookie, Dennis Smith Jr., which is uh, 15 points, 5 of 13 shooting. He, uh, mm. he nailed, he's already in his peak form. Mm. I like it. All right, so we mentioned we mentioned book night in passing. Um, I listened to you and James's podcast, great episode, Inside the Heartbreak, uh, and I heard James say he's officially out on book night. I would like to follow that up with my official – resignation of the Teo Maladon James book night argument that we had on last uh last season I will go ahead and say Teo Maladon is better than James book night only got 15 minutes in this game um again we don't do this to be mean like we're not trying to be mean to book night I would love it if he came around um but he just has not shown anything in two seasons and now and now a summer league and yeah I think it's just time to close the book on book i think that's fair yeah you sound like someone like a year after watergate being like you know what i think this nixon guy might be bad news <laughs> i don't think it's gonna work out for him <laughs> i'm but a yeah. little i'm a little late to the party <laughs> i'm a little late <laughs> i'm a little late to it I, I i had hope for i don't i don't know what reason um this is kind of my thing too i'm i'm always too late like i'll just like hold on to the general consensus for too long. I got to work on that. Um, you know, I was like, oh, he was still the 11th pick in the draft. Like you still take him over Maladon because there's upside. Just, we don't, we don't see it. It's, it's freaking summer league and he can't get a double digit scoring game. If someone does see it, if there is someone, some fan out there that is still like a big book night believer and could have like a proper debate that convinced me even 1%, Come on the podcast. I'll even I'll cover your bar tab for the night. If someone could talk me even slightly into book night at this point. Yeah, or yeah, hit us up on on Instagram or Twitter at Hornets Podcast or email us at hornetsandheartbreak at gmail.com. That's a callback. I don't think we've dropped our email on on the pod for a while. Um yeah, so James James Book Night, not very good. Bryce McGowan's also not a great showing, I would say, in summer league. It seems like every time he gets the ball, he drives to the basket and goes for a layup. Um, and sometimes it looks really cool. And then other times it doesn't, which is evident. 25% from the field last night. Like, I just didn't see a lot more other than, like, these very aggressive drives to the rim, which is cool. 
uh, I mean, like when it when it works, right? But like he just seems to have uh, blinders on where he just wants to score, and that's not what we need him to do, really. No, especially once like the actual season starts, no one's like, "All right, good, Bryce McGowan's take over the second unit, man. Really have at it." It's mm-hmm. like we did adequate defense, spot up shooting. And yeah, I mean, we definitely, we do need someone to actually attack the rim other than hypothetically Miles Bridges this season. But um, yeah, I don't think McGowan's is going to be that guy based on what we've seen. No, not a great, not a great showing from him in summer league. You, you'd want to see more after having like a relatively successful rookie year. Uh, also, Kai Jones, pretty nice game. Six, six of seven continues to be terrible at rebounding somehow. Only two rebounds and getting lost on defense but offensively he has flashes which i think makes consensus on him like too high because you see the highlights like he does have some nice highlights he had like three euro step layups last night um and he always has a crazy dunk the one thing i'll say is like when he gets the ball within three feet of the rim it's gonna be a dunk like which is nice um offensively he's actually i think he's coming around but defensively and rebounding wise, like what the hell is he doing? <laughs> yeah, that is the best way to put it. Cause who knows what he is doing? Um, yeah, you're right about the, uh, yeah. I mean, his putbacks anytime automatic, good to go running the floor. There was that great moment last night. I think it was, a, uh, I think it was McGowan's who there was a steal and Kai was clearly trailing, waiting for the, off the, uh, off the backboard alley-oop. And McGowan just put up like a super weak layup and the crowd just started vociferously booing. Even Doris Burke is just like, or not Doris Burke, uh, Matt Barnes is just like, what are you doing? Give it to Kai Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The crowd started like making some, some murmurs. I remember that. Um, yeah. I, I could see him getting some 10th uh, man minutes this year. Not super high on Kai, but definitely not as low on Kai as as we are book night right I think I think Kai's big issue is I don't think he can play the five yeah and I mean our our fours it's kind of a bummer I mean PJ just seems locked into being a power forward at this point same with Miles just not not enough minutes to go around Mm -hmm. he can't he can't play the five if you get two like I mean shit I might try to pull up his his rebounding stats his average rebounds like can't be higher than three in the summer league. And he's playing center. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's a weird guy where like with a running start, his vertical is insane. But yeah, feet planted, not not quite the same result. Doesn't have great wingspan. Yeah, it's just he's just kind of a, a tweener without any discernible skills other than just fantastic finishing wide open. Okay, so his rebounding in Sacramento was two rebounds per game, and in Vegas was 6.67, so decent in Vegas. But uh, that averages out like to like four and a half rebounds per game. It, it seems kind of impossible, right? Yeah, I mean, his offensive rebounding has been, you know, more, you know, better than adequate. But yeah, defensive rebound, he's like, dude, fuck this. I don't get to shoot right after. Like, what is the point? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we have a cool exercise. Do you, do you have anything else you want to do before before we move into heartbreak rankings? Um, 
No, I think I think we've more than covered summer league. You want to talk about leaky black a little bit, or? <laughs> um, I, that's I'll give it up to uh to Jordan and Cupcheck. Really good guys that uh just trying to help out kids from their alma mater. That's the dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah shout, no shout no comment. Um. Okay, so we're gonna do basically like heart heartbreak rankings. That's not really the right word. It's is this team more depressing than the Hornets? That's what we're doing. Uh, would, you would you rather? Yeah. Would you rather be a fan of this team or a fan of the Hornets? So, and to like kind of put in perspective, me and Tim briefly uh, ranked the top four assets on each team. And we're just going to go through all the teams at the, in the lottery and discuss, would you rather be the Hornets or would you rather be this team? So top four assets on the Hornets in some order, LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller, Mark Williams. Now the Spurs, and we're going to go in the order of the draft. The Spurs have Victor, Keldon, Devin Vassell, and Jeremy Sohan. Tim, would you rather be the Spurs or would you rather be the Hornets? Um, I'm going to go with the Spurs. Honestly, we probably should have included Greg Popovich in the deal. Um, yeah. Which could you imagine? What if you like right now you got like a Woj notification that was like Hornets signed Steve Clifford five years, eighty million dollars. I think I would literally have a heart attack. <laughs> Greg Popovich will replace Sohan with Greg Popovich at fourth biggest asset. Yeah, and they uh, yeah, they have the Hawks picks. Yeah, I mean, you just you kind of you have to take it. I mean, they have Wemby, um, and that pretty much puts them over the top, even if they had literally no one else on their roster. Yeah, that's pretty much true. Um, like we did this exercise before the draft or even before the lottery where we were trying to think like what's the line of demarcation where like you you would consider trading this player for Victor Wembanyama? And like I think it's like roughly Joel Embiid. Like would the Spurs trade Victor Wembanyama for Joel Embiid? No. And that's the MVP of the league. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, they have like a top five, top 10 asset in the entire NBA. Probably just top five. It's top five. Um, Like you can put Giannis, Jokic. Luka. Uh, Luka. Cade. No. <laughs> Lamelo, uh, <laughs> Teo Maladon. No. Um, yeah, Victor Wembanyama is like, even if. Even if he is not as good as people think he's going to be, you can make that argument. I'm not going to try to make it. He is uh, enticing, enticing, and more enticing than anything the Hornets have on their roster. Unfortunately, you you can make the argument like, oh, the Hornets have more proven success, which is true. But uh, yeah, Victor Wembanyama is seven five, so we'll just leave that. We'll leave that there. All right, hey, Trail, I- Trailblazers next. What what do you have? I was going to say, uh, who's made the play-in more recently? Hornets and Spurs. <laughs> I like it. All right, next up on our list, um, the Trailblazers. I think this one is a, a little bit more interesting because I think most people would say the Trailblazers. Number one asset, Scoot Henderson. Number two, whatever the hell comes from the Damian Lillard trade. Number three, Shaden Sharp. Number four, Anthony Simons. Um, and when you stack this against what the Hornets have, this time I am going to take 
the proven success of Lamella Ball and Miles Bridges combined with the upside of Brandon Miller and a little bit of Mark Williams in there too. I'm going to take that over what the Trailblazers have. Um, they're going to be a taking team for the next few years. I would just rather be a fan of the Hornets where you can conceivably see a playoff season next year and you can conceivably see a playoff uh, first round win next year, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride with the Hornets. What are you doing, Tim? Yeah, this this was, uh, I think this was the toughest one for me. Even like my notes have like, yes, question mark. Yeah. Um, taking the Hornets over I do think Scoot's gonna be awesome um and I'm I think I'm way higher on Anthony Simons than like everyone else in the world um and I will admit I think that is partially influenced by I've just had him in fantasy the last two years and I just kind of ride for the guy I think he's an insane shot maker and is undervalued contract side um but yeah they have Jaron Grant I would yeah I would rather be a Hornets fan because the West is brutal going forward man at least for two more years i mean they're just not even gonna sniff contention and like contention as in like playing contention all right so i have to say tim you kind of let your scoot henderson fandom uh show there a little bit because scoot henderson's the number one asset on the trailblazers and brandon miller's the third on our team uh so so if it's close then uh you you must be a scoot guy um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a scoot. Yeah, I'm a scoot guy. But that being said, it's just, it's just that like, I like Shaden Sharp as well. Um, I think he's going to be good. But yeah, they just have this like amalgamation of guards, like, I don't really know what they're going to look like next year. Like, I'm interested in watching them. But I could also see them just winning 18 games. I think they are going to win 18 games. So so that's why the Hornets are ahead of them. I mean, like, the Trailblazers are going to suck for like two, three years at least. Would you Would you rather have Grant or uh, Bridges? Bridges. Even even taking out uh, context of uh, contracts. Yeah, yeah. I think I would too. I think yeah. that might be our bias showing, but yeah, I don't know. That's not a super exciting endeavor. I I want to like hop into. No, no, it's not. Okay, so we're on the same page there. I think we might be different here. Rockets, uh, they had the fourth pick in the draft. Um, number one asset, Jalen Green. Number two, Eamon Thompson. Number three, Jabari Smith Jr. And fourth, Alperin Shangoon. Um, Tim, what you what are you going with here? Um, I, I like what Houston has more than what we have. They do have, like, loads of talent. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change my take. I, I said Hornets. I said Hornets because I think Jalen Green is not that good, and I think all the other players are super unproven, right? And I I tend to be like, yeah, I gotta see it before I before I buy in. Um, and if the number one player on your team is Jalen Green, I think you have a, a ways to go. Um, they do have they do have like a deeper stack of of first round talent like we're not talking about cam whitmore we're not talking about tari eason um those are those were not in the top four they have those guys which we just don't have so that that is relevant to this conversation and probably why you picked the rockets over us right yeah i'm also i'm a lot higher on on jalen green than i 
guess most people as well. I guess I do. I just, I think that it is a little bit of a um, inefficiency with people just kind of trashing shooting guards. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have a six, eight playmaker or, you know, great defensive anchor to big man. But I think that Jalen green is just kind of going through the same lumps that Devin Booker went through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, amazing like amazing is too strong but i could definitely see him putting up 26 a game next year like on above average efficiency i think jabari smith jr uh is also i guess he's not underrated anymore since he's been tearing up summer league like would would you rather have i mean think of their young players i guess it's tough because they have so many if they were dispersed among like you know if tari eason was like a young prospect on the timberwolves People are like, wow, man, that's that's really interesting. Same with like Cam Whitmore, Singoon. They just have too many young guys that it's kind of hard to even like get a grasp on like what they're going to be on the actual team. But I, I like what the Rockets have a lot. Not they're giving Thunder vibes like a year and a half ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I see that. I see that argument. Um, okay. The counter argument is that the Hornets have the two most proven players in this discussion, which is LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges. Um, that that would be like, that would be my counter, is that they've actually won before, 43 and, and 39. You know, they've had a winning season. None of the other play, the players on the Rockets have proven that. But I see what you're saying. Like, like the two years from now, the upside is higher on the Rockets probably than the Hornets. Yeah, and I, I don't know, like, would, like, would you trade, like, assuming Miles was on, like, a reasonable, let's say he had four for 80, uh, and the, the math worked, would you trade Miles for Jalen Green? Mm, probably, yeah. But, okay, it's, it's really dependent on, like, how the Rockets draft goes, how the, how the rookies are, and I'm not really in on Naaman Thompson either, so that, that influences my opinion. Um, but okay, we can we can agree to agree to disagree on this one. Um, Pistons Hornets. I think this one's pretty easy. Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Asar Thompson, Jalen Duran, four young decent players, but not nearly as enticing as the Rockets core. I would say, and that's also where it stops. There's like no other young players. Killian A's does not deserve a mention. They have no other young guys that are that are great. James Wiseman. Like they have like 17 centers, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think that they have like let a lack of depth of of young players that makes them clearly below the Hornets. Yeah, I agree. And Cade just isn't that good. Um <laughs> it's right now. I was I was super high on him before the uh before the draft, and I know we kind of had a lost season last year, and so I'm sympathetic because I hear LaMelo getting similar slander, but uh I just don't see it. I don't know. Not a not a huge Cade guy. Um, Duran, I was higher on Williams before the draft. It kind of sucks that I feel like they're the team that we're most similar to. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we're just kind of like Lamelo's better than than Cade. I would take Bridges over Thompson. Um, I would take Miller over Ivy. Yeah, I, mean, I just feel like we're we're not magnitudes more exciting. And like if I was a Pistons fan, I would probably easily argue this the other way but um yeah no i they they just they leave me they leave me dead inside limp 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Magic, Paolo Banchero, uh, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr., Anthony Black. This one was the first one that was like, I thought was like super easy. The Spurs was also pretty easy. Um, but this one I thought was easy. Magic. Um, I would rather be the Magic than the Hornets. I think Paolo and Franz, that duo is better than the Lamelo Miles duo. Um, moving forward, that being said, um, like depending on how Brandon Miller sh- shakes out, like if Brandon Miller is as good as a number two overall pick should be, then it could sway back to the Hornets. But uh, yeah, we just don't know yet. So I, I'm going with I'm going with the Magic. Those two players are too good. I have I have the Magic as well, but it's really just being a huge a huge Franz guy. Um, I think that he was the best player on the team last year. I think he'll be the best player on the team this year. Um, I'm I'm kind of lower on a uh, on Bancaro. I don't know what it is about it. Um, just not not a huge fan. Maybe I caught the wrong games. Like I get the upsides, but people just kind of gush over him so much. I don't know. Not not a huge not a huge fan of his game. And I kind of wish they would have maybe done something a little different in the draft. Like if they took Grady Dick, which I don't know why I'm so. I guess that's another shooting guard. I guess I just lust after shooting guards. Um, like if they did that, I'd be more excited to see him. Wendell Carter. I mean, have you ever seen a Wendell Carter highlight in your life? No, no, never seen one. Nope. Yeah, he's got some Al Horford syndrome. Um, I could, I could see them being better, but I, yeah, I, I would, still, I would lean towards them, but I think it's, I think it's closer than than you think. Hmm. Dude, it, it honestly, it could just be that I'm buying into the magic hype a little bit too much. I like this going the other way take um, from you, but yeah, def- definitely magic for me. I think Paolo is going to be really, really good. Um, and Franz as well. So like I said, that duo Pacers, Pacers are a little interesting because they're built now to, to, to win now. Um, they have Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. We, we rank those as the four biggest assets on the team. Um, and they're just going to be like pretty good next year. Um, I could see them being the four seed, the five seed in the East. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You remember before Halliburton got hurt, they were the four seed? Yeah. I mean, we were, we were the three seed before uh, we had some injuries two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I'm talking about like maximum outcome. I'm not, I'm not saying like, I expect that. Um, But I'll stand, I'll stand by that take. Dude, they're kind of deep. They're kind of deep next year. They haven't, they have a nice squad. Uh, go go check out that, that that roster. They also signed uh, what's the Nuggets dude? Brown. Yeah, Bruce Brown. They they got a nice team. Um, I mean that that's not their starting lineup probably, but Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Buddy Heald, Bruce Brown, Miles Turner. That's kind of a squad. I do, yeah. Kind of a. Uh, I think I kind of wish that maybe we would have traded PJ Washington and the pick that turned into James Booknight for Miles Turner. We had a chance. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Don't listen to that episode in the archives, um, because I'm pretty sure. Pretty. What? What do you think we said at the time? I don't even remember. I'm gonna give myself the benefit of the doubt and say that I was for it, but I mean, there's also a good chance. I think we had like eight debates about it. that. Was like the hottest trade that everyone wanted us to do that entire season. Yeah, so I'm I'm riding with the 
Pacers here, despite my like Lamelo's better than Halliburton, but like they're I think they're gonna be pretty good next year. And I think they'll be a fun team to watch. Yeah, I have I have them as is better by a hair. I think that Halliburton's the real deal. I think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um nope, really not did... allowed to say that on the po- well, I'm cutting that. <laughs> I know, I'm yeah. Cutting that. Yep. Cut that, cut that, cut that. But <laughs> Subjectively, I'm not saying he's better than LaMelo, but um pretty sick that the NBA just got two of the you know best up-and-coming guards in that one draft. I think Halliburton is amazing, and I'm looking forward to I mean, we're gonna have a bunch of like 132, 128 games against Indiana this year. I think they're gonna be a blast to watch. Even if they I don't think they'll be the four seed, but I think they'll be one of the most watchable teams in the league. Which is rare for an Indiana team. Um, moving from, from them to like the least watchable team in the NBA, the Wizards for, them, for their four, uh, assets. I have the 2025 first round pick, the 2024 first round pick, Kyle Kuzma and Bilal Koulibaly. <laughs> uh, Koulibaly, uh, sick chase down block last night. Sense <laughs> <laughs> from what I've seen. This one is a resounding Hornets. Like, we talked about the Trailblazers being bad. The Wizards are going to be bad for a couple of years. Yeah, and the Trailblazers will be, like, still exciting, fun, bad. They'll be fun, bad, yeah. The Wizards will be bad, bad. Yeah, the Wizards are definitely the number one team where I'm like, God, I wish we could, like, trade them out of our division. They weren't fun to watch when they were, like, ah, they were fun to watch in the John Wall era. But pretty much since John Wall... uh his ACL than Achilles they've been unwatchable since then um not a big fan of watching Kyle Kuzma I'm looking forward to Jordan Poole just uh getting 27 a game on 45 shots I think he's a really entertaining player to watch but uh yeah no their future is dark I mean their fans are looking up Cam Boozer highlights who is Carlos Boozer's son who is projected to be number one pick in 2025 and also we're getting old so i uh i'll go ahead and say they're the process 2.0 like that's what it seems like they're doing this offseason right um none of their none of their moves make any sense except if you're trying to lose games jordan pool show though pool party pool party i mean you know kuzma will get his i mean how how long do you think kuzma is gonna be on the wizards i mean is he gonna there's would you give it a 25 percent chance he finishes his contract there three years uh less than less than that but i know they are excited about the kuzma pool pairing um for this next year jazz tim um the jazz i got Lori markinen walker kessler minnesota's picks and cleveland's picks so objectively the future is brighter for the jazz um, because of all these picks they have coming in, in terms of watchability next season, I'm riding with the Hornets for sure. Um, with just like a way more exciting team, but the Jazz have a brighter future than the Hornets, if that makes sense. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Where like, there's no doubt that you know Walker Kessler could lead the league in blocks and even be like an all defensive level player next year. Not super exciting to watch. Lori Marketing coming off pin downs. He can get 26 a game. I do not care. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also like their future is brighter, but 
have no idea what it's going to look like. Like, I mean, if you told me that Lori's not on the team when they make the playoffs, I would 100% believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this one was tough for me. I thought it was a little bit closer than you did, I think. I think you thought it was, like, clearly Jazz. Um, something about that Danny Ainge GMing, you know? It's like I wanted to, I wanted to go against it, but but he's done something very smart where he's just made this team uh, way younger. They're they're going to be set up for success in the coming years, whereas the Hornets don't have this wealth of draft picks to to pull from. Like we could be coming back on the podcast two years from now, just being like, all right, time to tank. Like this didn't work. The Hornets are kind of all in on like the group we have now, whereas the Jazz are not. Yeah, the Jazz, they're almost, it's like a chat GPT writing movie script situation where I'm like, I'm sure it can be done. Like, I get that it's sufficient, but it just seems kind of heartless to me. It is. It is heartless. It is heartless. Yeah. They're they're banking on all these these picks in the future. Like, they don't actually think Lowry Markinen is the future of the team, right? Like, will, will Lowry Markinen be on the team in three years? I would I would assume no way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even though that's like a cool bright spot, that's like actually not a part of their their future plan this is the equivalent of your playing 2k and you like drop all your trade all your good players for picks and then sim three seasons like that's what that's what danny age wants to do with this team yeah and you're like man my team is really fun but you're like it is not fun to play with this team at all <laughs> yeah exa- exactly okay uh the next few are, are going to be kind of quick mavericks same thing as like the spurs if you have luka Doncic, you're uh looking looking a little bit brighter than the Hornets. The Thunder just have a wealth of talent. It's like the magic on steroids or like uh, Houston on steroids. Like they just have a bunch of young players. So I think I'd rather be in the Thunders Thunders group with SGA, Josh Giddy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then the next one, the Raptors. Uh, I actually went with the Hornets on them because they have Scotty Barnes, who was not very good last year. Siakam, OG, and Gary Trent Jr. And they're kind of in that in-between where they're like almost about to tank, but they have not gotten there yet. And they're in this weird middle spot where they have Scotty Barnes, but like not that much else young talent, right? Um, And really no other young pieces on the team. So I would rather be the Hornets where there's like a clear vision of Brandon Miller, Lamella Ball, Miles Bridges, Mark Williams leading the way, whereas the Raptors have this like mix of these are the guys who led us to a championship and Scotty Barnes. Yeah, I think uh, Masai's got a little like ever since ever since that Kawhi trade was just such a devastating just knock out of the park six thousand foot home run. Like now it's like he's afraid to make these trades. Like if you look through that championship team, it makes sense they let you know they didn't trade Kawhi, won a championship, clearly the right move. Then the next season, uh, two seasons, you know, they never traded Lowry. They never got off Marcus All. They never got off Serge Ibaka. They let Fred Van Vliet walk. It's like he's was afraid to, like, make this trade. Like, unless it's a home run, they've been dangling Ananobi and Siakam for two years. Um, it almost feels like, you know, sometimes, like, you know, we worked at Autobell together. And it's like, you get, like, a $20 tip. And you'd be like, fuck, man, that was awesome. And then you get a $5 tip. And you're like, man, who cares? I don't want this. What's the point? Um, I also think they're just, they're a brutal, brutal watch. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they don't 
have an actual point guard other than the LaMelo ball stopper, Malachi Flynn. Um, not a big fan of watching Siakam. Scotty Barnes was always overrated. Uh, it's uh, it's Grady Dick's team now. And yeah, like OG Ananobi, I mean, he's just been thrown around in trade talks so much that he doesn't even feel like an NBA player. He just feels like a poker chip. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Um, last team on the list, we got the Pelicans in, in the lottery. Uh, but Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum. Uh, yeah, I'm riding with that over what the Hornets have, even though it could be different at next offseason. But I'll, I'll give that team like one more spin of the wheel rather than uh, run with what the Hornets have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they have a lot of problems, but they have good problems. Um, problems that any team would like to have. I mean, if, if Zion plays 15 games next year, yeah, it's just going to be like the most depressing story in the NBA. But I mean, they still have the Lakers picks. They still have the Bucks picks. Um, they have they have Murphy, who I think is really good. They got Herb Jones on a good deal. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if that's what the if the Hornets were in their situation, you know, two years from now, I'd be pretty excited. All right, so Tim, I'm doing some math here, and the math is getting a little depressing. So we got one team, Trailblazers, that we both agreed on. Hornets, Hornets, we'd rather be the Hornets than them. Rockets, I will call that a half, one and a half. Pistons, we both agreed two and a half. Uh, Wizards, we both agreed three and a half. And then Raptors, we both agreed four and a half. So there are four and a half teams that we would rather uh, rather be the Hornets over those situations. That puts us roughly in a 25th and a half place in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> Moved on up. <laughs> yeah, last, last year we were 30th. Uh, so... So at least at least we have this going for us. We are Hornets and Heartbreak. We're we're gonna keep it real. I'm sure some fans are out there like, no way I'd rather be the Jazz than the Hornets. I love the Hornets, but yeah, we gotta be we gotta be realistic. We gotta keep it real. It's in our bio. We can we can also be real where like we can be a really entertaining team. The NBA just is like is an all-time talent level. And we have, you know, like Lamelo is a borderline all-star player at the moment. Not saying he can't make a leap and average 27 and nine next year. Um, you know, Mark Williams showed a lot of promise. It's just a, the fact of the matter. I mean, there's just a lot of good players. Yeah. I mean, we also excluded all playoff teams from this list. Like, would you, would you rather be the Knicks or the Hornets? Yeah. Like I'd rather, I'd rather be the Hornets or the Knicks. I'd rather be, I'd take the Hornets over the Bulls. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's some playoff teams that you could, you could make arguments over. Um, so we'll pump us up to 22nd and a half place. Uh, Look at us, man. <laughs> and I will say like that there's also like some range that comes with that, right? Like Brandon Miller is really good. Lamelo plays 82 games. Uh, impossible, but you know, Lamelo plays 70 games. Like there's some things. Uh, Lamelo's playing 83 games, dude. We're winning the, uh, we're winning the NBA <laughs> Cup. Yeah, so there, there's some swing here where, like, all of a sudden we could move up in, into, like, 11th place. Like, the Hornets have an incredible year, you know? But, uh, but yeah, just, just based off current facts, we're putting them roughly roughly at 22nd. Uh, we, we're also primed where, you know, we talk about the cycles. Uh, we talked about it at the year we won 43 games. We're like, let's enjoy this season because we're not going to be like the cute darling team next year. And now, you know, obviously brutal fallback to reality, 
But if we start the season, if we're like 15 and 8, remember how many people were talking about the Jazz last year for the first mm-hmm. two months? I mean, it can really quickly switch where, yeah, I mean, it's like we we beat the Heat in like a marquee game. And next thing you know, podcasts or we're the, we're the second segment on like a national podcast. And people are like, wow, man, this Hornets team is really exciting. How did no one see this coming? Stephen A invites us on for first take. I'd cook Stephen A. <laughs> Bill Simmons invites us on for the second half of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. He'd be like, man, you guys are really drinking a lot before this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Tim, I have nothing else. I've learned this is like the 17th time I've said like I've been like, all right, that's it. And then you've been like, all right, media corner. So I'll just I'll just start it. Tim, what do you have for media corner? All right. Um, number, I have two things. Of course, you know, consume a lot of media these days. Uh, number one is uh, MF Doom. Mmm, food from 2004 is a classic rap album based around um, eating food, pretty much. And uh, just a great listen. MF Doom recently, he passed away and some brutal results came out. And uh, Wes Anderson Week, Royal Tenenbaums, starting, or starring... Ben Stiller, Gene Hackman, Gwyneth Paltrow, and the Wilson Brothers. Uh, check it out. A great story about family and squander potential. All right. Have I, I haven't done Olivia Rodrigo, right? You yeah. have. Okay. She's back. She's back, everybody. Vampire. Go listen to it. Number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, you know, just when you thought she couldn't sing about an ex-boyfriend anymore. She's done it again. And in a different style. Uh, great song. Great ballad. Go ahead and on a rainy day, you're driving to work. Play that and tell me you don't feel anything. That's what I got. Oh, man. I got um, I got stuck in, in traffic on 45 yesterday. And my, my phone died. I was, I was in there for so long. So I had to listen to the radio. And I was like, oh, God, I hate the radio. First song that came on, I was like, man, this is the greatest traffic jam of all time. She's kind of like how LeBron James really only had like a signature dunk is just that tomahawk and he just says it every time. That's just Olivia singing about her boyfriends. It works every time. Yeah, I'm interested to see the rest of the album. That's that's funny that you say that because how I got in, into uh, her music was I was driving around in Charlotte like without an aux cord and I listened to the radio, heard like Good For You and Deja Vu. And like I was like, oh, I got to look up who this is. And I was like, wait, it's the same person who sang both these songs? Because they're two very, <laughs> very different songs. And I was like, all right, I'm going to listen to the whole album. Shout out, <laughs> Olivia. Uh, you know, just two guys. Two guys gushing over Olivia Rodrigo album. <laughs> hey, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, you sound like uh, Matt Damon's character, Sonny Vaccaro in Air. Where you're like, let's put the whole budget on Jordan. Yes, yes. Send it. Send it on Olivia. Uh, all right. It's been, it's been real, Tim. It's been real, Liquor Mark. Be safe out there. Face. Peace. Peace.